Ted Jones messed with the wrong melon farmers. Ted Jones, I also call him the eighth wonder of the real estate world. Ted Jones, who knows, you know, it could be... Ted Jones? The Ted Jones World Podcast. Hello and welcome to episode 88 of the Ted Jones World Podcast with Peter Rand. I myself am Ted Jones alongside over there off screen. Peter Moran. Peter Moran. What is up, dude? You sound excited today. Are you excited? Yeah, there were like air horns going off in my head. I'm fired up. Well, Happy to be here. Let me tell you, I am very excited myself, too, because we actually have part two of the Zach Tyler Eisen interview. Zach, how are you today? I'm great. Great to be back. Avatar star, Netflix star. Uh, do you feel any different since the show has come out or since the last time we spoke in June? How do you feel? Totally. I, I feel great. Uh, I, I've like, since we've done this, I've been able to reconnect with some of my former castmates and people who worked on the show. Uh, I've done like a few like appearances here and there on live streams and stuff like that. So I gotta say, I gotta, I, I, I gotta address the fandom. You gotta lay off Ted Jones. Oh <laughs> dude. I think, you know, I, I, I honestly think I may have deserved maybe some, Fair. some of the slack that I got. Fair enough. Just because I didn't watch all 61 episodes. Right. 60. No, 61. 61? I believe that there okay. are 61. Wow. Now, I didn't count every single episode that I watched, but you are credited on 60 of the 61. That's true. I, I thought I, I was under the impression it was 59 of 60, but that was also a guess. So so the one episode you're not in has to do with Zuko. Yes. And it's just like all yes. about Zuko. Yes, exactly. Who, Zuko um, yes, who had a number of uh, things going on, and, and ultimately he, he realized that it, the Fire Nation was not for him. And he needed he needed full peace. And Peter over here is like I laughing just like, at you're, me. You're just, just like, proving yourself so hard. You're yeah, like, I'm like, Zach, all right. let me tell you about the show <laughs> you were in, okay? And yes, the secret episode we record without you, that one too. <laughs> so, uh, just <laughs> recapping here for everybody watching and listening on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, whether you're watching on YouTube, we are so happy to have Zach back for part two. And Great thank you here. so much for coming on. Of course. So, uh, you talked briefly just right then about how you've connected a little bit with the cast. I know you did. Uh, Twitch stream. So have you uh, been texting anyone? Are you now going to be staying in contact with people or how's that working? Yeah. Now I like actually have people's contact information that I never had for, you know, however many years it's been since the end of the show. <laughs> like, I, you know, I was just in my head wondering how everyone was doing, but now like I, I can contact them. It's great. Uh, we're trying to like, uh, figure out how to like play poker. That was something that we had come up with on a stream. Like we should do a poker night. Um, so yeah, like there, there are things in the works. It's, it's, I'm, I'm very happy to, you know, have these people back in my life, even in a small way, like remote. Um, but it's, it's been very cool. And, and seriously, I gotta thank you for like bringing me out of my hiding. Like you, you, you found the boy in the iceberg, you know, you, you, I, I think, I think the fans need to thank you. Like, like I wouldn't be here if it weren't for you, Ted Jones. So I appreciate yeah, it. Like, and I mean, you being the avatar, you being the ruler of um, everything good and everything great. You know, it's just like I w- watching the show, um, you know, going back to watching the show, of course, watching the show, which, now you that you did watch, which you definitely did. <laughs> yes, so um, just a lot of, a lot of similarities and a lot of comparisons to like the monk life, you mm-hmm. know, and just being peaceful and finding your inner self, inner peace through other people and connecting to people. And, do you think that you know talking about talking about the show recently has maybe made you more so of like an Aang kind of character? That's an interesting question. I, I think like having now like gone back and rewatched it for the first time, I like certainly see qualities in Aang that I would like to see more of in myself. 
um, you know, uh, he, he's got a great attitude and is able to stay calm under pressure. And, and he goes through this obviously long and, and crazy journey. Um, but, um, uh, you know, the, his, his outlook on the world and his outlook on life, I think I would love to be able to apply more in my life. Like you said, the, the Zen kind of monk lifestyle. Um, I think that we can all like maybe incorporate that a little bit more into our lives and, you know, take a step back and chill. Now, uh, what would you say right now your your kind of like similarities are with the Aang character? Just besides the fact that you're very mysterious, you show up, make the world great, and then kind of just slowly disappear again. Yeah, I mean that's that's <laughs> definitely the biggest one that like I and and I think you know I don't know it's it's a funny thing that I get to say the fact that like I don't do these kind of interviews very often like I disappear just like him you know it's it's just all part of the character it's it's part of the thing right I, I mean and it's always in you and you're able to get it right back which yeah. ang realizes throughout the show that you know the water bending the fire bending everything is all inside of him he just right. needs the confidence to put everything forward That's um, true. i haven't been to the spirit world yet but maybe one day <laughs> <laughs> seriously real monk lessons here forgiving yourself the chakras uh, what would you say potentially could be like the biggest lesson that somebody can learn from avatar just besides being nice and being connecting connected with one another yeah i i mean i think that there's a lot i, I mean obviously the one of the big themes in the show is balance uh the world has been thrown out of balance when the fire nation attacked uh and there's a natural kind of order of things and uh, harmony that we should strive to achieve um so when things are thrown out of balance when you maybe you have too many you know uh, too much of one certain thing going on in your life you need to be able to achieve some form of balance uh I'm losing it here. No, well, I, well, I mean, you mentioned the word balance, which is yeah. interesting. Uh, you know a lot about my diet. I that's eat, true. I eat the same as Ang does. Yeah, you know, that's Aang, true. Ang is a vegan. That's true. And I think Ang kind of puts forward puts forward this energy that everything that's inside him will be, you know, p- uh, pushed out or portrayed outward. So um, having all the fruits of, I, I don't want to say like fruits of your labor, the like fruits of, fruits of your loin. Do you even say it? <laughs> fruit like of the loom. Yeah, fruit <laughs> of the loom, like, like underwear. No, but just having um, like everything you eat is part of you and everything is worldly and everything is connected. Yeah, no, uh, th- th- everything co- is connected is a, is a good one. Um, I remember actually saying that line into the microphone for whatever episode it was, but um, uh, yeah, it, it's, it's, um, I mean, part of like the natural harmony of the world and, and respecting where you came from, respecting the earth. Um, uh, yeah. And I, I'm personally, I'm not a vegan. I'd have like severely cut back on my meat intake, um, which is some sort of similarity between me and Ang, even though I'm not quite there yet. Mm. I still enjoy a good hamburger, hot dog, you know? Um, but yeah, I, I, uh, that, that, that's a good point. You, that's something that you share with Ang. Right. Is, Veganism. Veganism, right. Vegetarian, and at least. I don't, yes. I, I no, don't know well, if they fully said he was a vegan, but right, right, right. I'll give it to you. Co- uh, well, occasionally I'll have fish, too, and I know that okay. if Aang were to catch a fish, I'm sure he'd think about eating it. Yeah, oh, I'm well, sure. Sir, like in, the, like in the beginning of the show, I'll refer back to the show, of course, uh, Katara and Sokka, when they found Aang, they were like looking for fish, correct? Yeah, right. They, well, they come from, they, the water tribe is very uh, fishing-oriented, and that, that kind of culture and community uh, being in the water, part of the water. Uh, very fishing oriented. They seal blubber. I think was one of the things that they ate. Mm. You know, stuff like that. So, um, Katara and Sokka, I guess, kind of turning into your family, but ultimately, mm. like, not being your family. You know, because you kind of end up having a love interest with Katara. Where do you That's think true. like that really stemmed from? Because I kind of had thought that. 
Katara was going to be like an older sister figure to Aang. That's a, and, uh, yeah, and that's kind of how it started. I mean, I think I honestly I think from the moment that Aang woke up from his hundred year slumber, he he saw something in Katara and was like, "Whoa!" But that being said, they they go through so much together. They they travel the world, and uh, the funny thing is that the show takes place. You know, it was over three seasons, which in real in real time was three years, but it's it's like a summer. I think is the timeline of the show. So they go through a lot in a very short period of time, and that obviously like can bring people together pretty quickly. Uh, so they really go through it. It's really them against the world. They realize that there are tons of other forces that may or may not be with them, and, and it's really up to them. And, and that just kind of, like, you know, forces people together. And, and yeah, they, they, they become so close. Do you feel that, like, as you got older throughout the show, like, as the seasons go on, like, episode after episode, you mm-hmm. kind of understood your character a little bit more? Totally, yeah. I mean, I mean, just the more scripts that I got. You know, they, w- they would always send me a script for every episode, of course. Um, and you just, you just, by reading it, even without seeing it, you know, you, you learn more about your character and you, you also feed off of the, the directors and stuff who are, are, you know, trying to get a certain performance out of you. And, and, you know, there's kind of a push and a pull and how I started to, to get a better idea of what they wanted. And, you know, I was obviously a young kid, so I probably couldn't put it into these kind of terms then, but you know, it's, it's, it's a learning process. You, you learn more about what they want. You kind of figure it out and, 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 you know, you glean plot points from the scripts and, and yeah, totally. You, you totally, you go through a journey just as much as your character does. Did you ever, this is like one thing I didn't ask, um, during part one that I was curious about. Did you ever go through lines like with your mom or your dad or a family member as opposed to like Katara itself or Sokka? Yeah, totally. Um, especially for, for auditions and stuff. Um, and like I did a little bit of on camera acting back then. I was mostly a voice actor, but like throughout my like career, that was about like 10 years from when I was like four to 14 roughly. Um, I would always read with my mom. I'm like big shout out to my mom for making everything happen. She, you know, busted her ass to, to drive me to auditions and get me in and out of the city and all that. Um, and yeah, so, so she would definitely, I I don't, I don't specifically remember like doing, uh, avatar lines with her in particular, but like when it came to auditions, yeah, you always need to bounce lines off of somebody and figure out how the natural conversation goes. That's also another thing. Like most of the other actors that we, we, I think we talked about this a little bit last time worked together, did group recording, whereas I was by myself. I was just kind of reading lines. And so I'd work with the directors. Sometimes they would, if there was a lot of back and forth in a scene, we'd play off of each other. And it was difficult not being able to, like, play off of the actual other actors. You know what I'm saying? How much younger were you than all of the other actors? By, like, how many years were you the youngest? Um, a decent amount. I mean, like, especially at that age, like, you know, I was, like, probably, like, 10 to 12 during this whole thing. Eh, a little older than then. Let's let's say like eleven to thirteen. Uh, anybody who's older than you is like way older than you, right? Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, like the nineteen-year-olds could might as well be your dad. Totally. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And and a couple a couple of the other guys. I think Jack was in college. Um, Dante is a little bit older. He, Dante was the voice of Zuko. Uh, Jack was the voice of Sokka. Yeah. Uh, Dante, he's gonna hate that I say he was a little older, but um, <laughs> um, well, you didn't specify how old. Yeah, that's we'll true. That's that. true. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, I, I, th- I was actually the second youngest character. Um, Michaela, who was the voice of Toph, she went by Jesse back then, um, uh, was the only one who was younger than me and she's, we're, we're close in age. I think she's just a year younger. Um, but okay. yeah, it was, it was definitely like a, I remember meeting these people when I would go out to the premiere parties and whatnot and like they were intimidating because they were older and cooler and like 
in my mind, they were real actors. And I was just like a kid that acted. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. Wh- when did you really fully understand how big of a, I don't want to say cult, but I guess I kind of will say cult, like how big <laughs> of a cult um, <laughs> Avatar The Last Airbender was? Like when did you realize? You know what I mean? Like I saw that there are a, a million members on this on this Reddit page <laughs> of like The Last Airbender, and I didn't fully understand it you know, until after uh, we did the first the first episode. But when did you kind of realize, like, oh, my God, like, this, this show might be bigger than me? Yeah, I mean, that definitely, like, over time, that view took shape. But I will say that, like, when I saw the first episode finally completed, which must have been at the premiere out in L.A., like, it was like, whoa, this is real now. Um, and then, like, as, you know, more episodes, we did more episodes, uh, we started to get some reception and it was so beloved immediately like that was you know it started to become clear that all right this is this is really something and then like in the many years since the show has gone off the air like i i don't go a week or you know less than that without thinking about it because it, it pops up everywhere and how massive it was right? yeah totally and and there are there are i know people who are like young now like kids now are getting into it yeah. because now it's it's re-aired on netflix and you know adults every anywhere in between like it, it, it's it's it, it won a peabody it, it won a kids choice awards i believe it won an emmy like it it, it that that kind of stuff really makes you like it, it shows you how real this is right so with yeah with all these accolades i mean did your ego ever flare up like i remember when i won um MVP in Little League and Peter <laughs> Stuyvesant in Little League when I was like 11 or 12 years old like everybody knew about it like the science teacher thought I was like acting crazy <laughs> do you feel like after this massive success of a TV show came and you started getting all these roles like did you even did you feel like like the man or what is it is it different than like on screen acting because maybe everyone doesn't really kind of know what your face looks like yeah well it's de- definitely yes definitely it's I can I can walk down the street and no one's gonna recognize me no, no one would even recognize me by voice today because I'm pretty much the only character who doesn't still sound like their character. <laughs> um, but, um, uh, um, yeah, I, I, I don't think – I'd like to think that my ego never got crazy or anything. Right. I, I, I kind of – that's something that I kind of worked hard to uh, prevent from happening, right? I, I didn't want this to be the main thing about me. I, I don't go around telling people about it. I don't introduce myself. Hey, I'm Zach. By the way, I, I was Avatar, yeah. <laughs> right? I, I I just don't th- that that that's just not me, uh-huh. right? Yeah. Um. Uh, so did I like? It's 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 it's, in, it's interesting because yes, it, I was a part of something so cool that is still amazing to this yeah. day. But I've like really tried to really not make it the main thing about me. I want to be like a, a well-rounded guy. It's not just like I did this thing when I was twelve and like here I am now at you know twenty-seven. <laughs> like, uh. So yeah, I, I it's definitely cool and it's always on my mind, but I work very hard to make sure it's not like the first thing people know about me. Yeah. I, I mean, it's, it's super funny. Cause like the more and more you talk, it just kind you kind of just sound like Aang, man, okay. you know, and like, <laughs> I, I know that like a lot of people watching, a lot of people listening, they compare you so much to Aang because you were the voice of Aang. Yeah. Of people, course. No, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no it's okay. Like, um, <laughs> like you need to fight the fire Lord, but you know that fighting's not the answer. Um, there's, there's so many things that you need to do as your character Aang, you know, knows that he's supposed to do, but just, just looking for the peace in all of it and knowing that at the end of the show or, or whatever, however the ending happens, everything is connected and everybody needs to love each other. Yeah. 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 I mean, like, like there, there are so many great themes like that in this show and, and there's so much that we can all learn from it. 
at any age. Um, and, and it's, uh, it's something really special in, in animation. Um, and it was a groundbreaking show in a lot of ways. And, and that's why it was so successful. No, in, um, in a ton of ways. So I kind of want to go back to, uh, the Aang and guitar relationship, you sure. know, it was like a brotherly sisterly kind of relationship initially. And then, the um, zone. yeah, it seemed like <laughs> Aang was actually in the friend zone, but then on the day of the black sun episode, there oh. was the, the first massive smooch between the two characters. Yeah. How did, how did that work in the voiceover studio? That's a great question. <laughs> I, I, I like I don't fully remember if I had to do a kissing sound. I probably did. Right. And and like part of me wants to say definitely yes. <laughs> yeah, like I like kiss my hand maybe. <laughs> yes. And I was like 12, like I hadn't, hadn't just, had my so first just kiss. Just kiss your hand, Zach. <laughs> You'll yes. be great. But it's two two people kissing. So you didn't actually no, so so May, the actress who played Katara, was in in uh, L.A. So uh, maybe I don't know. We had to do some. So the kiss of, was uh, like three hours behind. Yeah, like, yeah. What's she gonna kiss me? <laughs> it was a delay. Yeah. Um. Uh. Do you know? Like, so this is something that I learned recently on one of like the Twitch streams that I did. I, I joined um, Dante Bosco, the actor who played Zuko. He does these uh, live streams. He's done now, but we they would watch every single episode and talk through it, and it was a real fun time. Um. On that stream, I learned about shipping. The concept of shipping. Have you heard about this in like fandom? No. It's um. Hell of I sound I sound silly because uh, whatever. No, I'm sure everyone <laughs> oh, watching oh, and listening. I, I, right, right, exactly. I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. Relationshiping, like like who who do you stand? We st- like Katara and Aang is Katang. That's the the ship name oh, that they give them. And like J Lo and A Rod. Is that J Rod? No, it no. should be. It should yeah, be. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, A Lo. Brangelina. That's like dating. <laughs> right, right, right. Okay, right. Yeah, right. <laughs> Um, but, but Katara also had a brief moment with Zuko that they call Zutara. So there's a, there's a debate amongst the fans, like, you know, who would you rather see? Who do you ship? Aang and Katara, Katang, or Katara and Zuko, Zutara. And what were people saying, mostly? It, 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 the debate is all over the place. Um, I think, I think there's only one answer and it's gotta be Katang. Katang. Is that infuriating to you? I'd be a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, um, May tweeted that. She prefers Zutara. What? Yeah, it w- and it was controversial. And that she got that a lot sounds of controversial. Crowd. She likes the bad voice. I, you know, it's. I, I was a little insulted by that. I gotta say. <laughs> um, um, but no, it's 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 just like uh, it's it's a fun thing that you, you know the show ended however many years ago, and and people can still debate these things. It's 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 fun. So I want to go uh, back and talk about Sokka for okay. a second. So Sokka being the brother of Katara. Uh, he's not a very confident guy. I mean, he puts off like a confident persona, you know, in the beginning, he's like trying to be the tough guy. And then throughout like each episode, you kind of see like, all right, like what is this guy kind of doing here? Like, what is he really, what is he contributing? Yeah. And then it really seems like it's up to Aang to really kind of give, kind of give him his confidence back. Do you see that at all? Yeah, definitely. I mean, at, at first, like he, he was, he always wants to project a, uh, a very warrior-like uh, aura, I guess. Um, but uh, he's really a comic relief character to start. But as with any other character in the show, goes through a, a, a learning process throughout the throughout the episodes, and and uh, really comes to find himself. And you know, he he early on in this series, like you know. Um, didn't have respect for, let's say, like female warriors in the yeah. Kiyoshi Warriors episode. He was like, oh, girls can't fight. And eventually he comes around and he learns that, you know, that's that's not the right attitude and, and that he himself has a lot to learn. And by the end, he's a really true and strong warrior. He, he learns the art of swordsmanship. 
Um, and just like any of all the other characters, he, he also had, he, he had um, a little bit of like a confidence issue because he's surrounded by all of these powerful benders, right? His sister is like one of the world's most powerful waterbenders. He's with the literal avatar. Uh, Toph is, is an insanely powerful earthbender. And he's the only one that doesn't have any of those special powers. He's got to rely on his boomerang and, and his, his wit and his sense of humor. But that ultimately proves to be pretty, uh, you know, important for the team. And yeah, and, yeah. and he, he becomes an asset. He finds himself and he realizes the role that he has to play. Yeah. And, and it's also interesting to see. Um, I, I, don't, I don't really know how much the creators were looking to make all of the characters visually appealing but it seemed like ev- all the characters were like good looking right they were like good looking cartoon characters yeah no this is true this is definitely true i um <laughs> yeah there there are a lot of uh good looking characters so <laughs> so zach uh before you came on here today for part two yes. uh we reached out through a number of mediums through the ted jones world podcast here and we actually have um two questions from ruth in lake worth florida okay now zach ruth left her her phone number here, and Ruth would like us to call her. Would you mind if we call her and uh, get her on the air? Let's do it. All right, let's see. Um, hopefully, she'll pick up. We got producer Katie over here in the corner signaling to me with a thumbs up, and um, we'll see. This should work. We're all uh, plugged in here, so this is should start ringing. Okay, cool. She'll pick up. Hello? Hello, is this Ruth? Yes. Ruth, this is Ted Jones from the Ted Jones World Podcast with Peter Moran. How are you? Oh, I'm fine. I'm oh this is this is so very nice. <laughs> so Ruth, I actually have Zach Tyler Eisen from the hit show Avatar, The Last Airbender on Netflix to my left. Say hi. Hey Ruth, it's Zach. Oh, Zach. How very nice to speak with you. You too. It was good to speak with Teddy, but it's Especially nice to speak to you. <laughs> so, <laughs> so great. Okay, so Ruth, um, I understand you have two questions. I have the questions that you sent over uh, via email, but um, why don't you why don't you go ahead and ask the ask Zach the first question, and he'll do uh, his best to answer it. Go ahead, Ruth. Should I ask them both at the same time? Why don't we ask the first one? He'll answer it, and then we will get to the second question that you have here. Okay. Uh, the first one is a three parter. Three. The characters and their voiceover actors were perfectly matched. You previously stated that you had little contact with other members of the cast, but with whatever knowledge you have, would you say the actors' personalities were similar to the characters, characters they portrayed? And do voiceover actors prepare differently than film actors? The last part of the question is, which comes first, the art or the voiceover? All right, all all great questions. Wow, you 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 know your stuff. You you you're either a fan of Ted Jones or or Avatar. You you you've you've heard my prior interviews. Um, so the first question uh, was uh, was it do it do voice actors prepare differently? or Was that part two? Yes. So voice definitely yeah. I, so so the big the like a major difference between voice acting and uh, on camera acting is you know we as voice actors don't have to memorize our lines, which saves a lot of time. Um, so, you know, you can really focus on like nailing your performance. You can focus all that time that maybe you would be spending on trying to memorize your lines and hit your marks and know where you have to be on camera. You can really just focus on your, the lines that you give, um, which is, you know, it, it's, it's, it's nice. It, it, 
requires a lot less time, which was great to um, accommodate my busy schedule as a 12 year old to fit in baseball practice and hockey practice. Um, so yeah, the, um, that was, that was part one. Can you, can you refresh my memory on part two, Ruth? Sure. Uh, would you say the actors' personalities were similar right. to the characters they portrayed? Definitely. Um, definitely. Uh, like a, a, a great example, I think is, is, is Jack DeSena who voiced Sokka. Um, he, I don't know how familiar you are with Nickelodeon and, you know, Nickelodeon content, um, but he was on a uh, like an SNL type live sketch show and he was like a very funny, goofy guy. And that was very much reflected in his character. But another another thing um, about that is and I learned this relatively recently um, that after every episode was recorded, um, Brian Konetsko was one of the co-creators of the show, would get in front of a camera and uh, act out uh like the mannerisms that he wanted to see animated when they sent the show out to be animated. So, and, and he would, you know, intently watch the voice actors that were recording out in LA. So I, I was not a part of that group since I was doing it on the East coast, but he would actually like, you know, watch them and mimic them and to make sure that the, uh, the animation reflected uh, what the actors were bringing to the table. Um, which I think is like a really cool detail, and I know something that I found out relatively recently. And Ruth, okay. sorry, just to just to interject here, uh, before we had you on the line, I was actually talking to Zach about how his mannerisms and everything kind of just really mirror Aang's. You know what I mean? Go ahead, answer. Uh, ask your second question. I apologize. Third, third part. Uh, third part. Well, the third part of the first one is, and I maybe this is bridging what you just mentioned. Which comes first, the art or the voiceover? Right. So, okay. So another good question. We do every, or rather for Avatar, we did every episode at least twice. So what we would do first is just lay down all the lines. We'd go into the booth and record everything with no animation. Then it would get sent out to, I believe in South Korea was where a lot of the animation was done. Um, but they would, they would animate around the lines that we laid down. Um, and then we would do a session that was known as ADR, which is like vocal dubbing. So uh, we would go back and correct mistakes um, where maybe like our vo vocal performance didn't match the energy of the scene or, um, you know, maybe like the, the, the mouth flaps didn't line up correctly with the way that we did the line. And also since this was a action heavy show, we would uh, do all the grunts and screams. So the, the, the bulk of the ADR sessions were like me in the booth, <laughs> you know, so th those were always fun. So every episode was done twice. Um, but but great question. Okay, the the next question. The production team was excellent. While there was one theme throughout the series, namely the defeat of the Fire Nation, each episode was a complete story. The animation could be described as early Disney, which suited the series perfectly. The writers created story plots which were imaginative and clever, and the dialogue consistently fit the personalities of the characters. Do you know of any other work they produced or collectively or singularly? Good question. Yeah, great question. I'm, I'm so glad that you uh, bring up, like, the writers and the creators and the crew because, like, this show was was a masterpiece and it was all thanks to them um you know all of the writers and, and directors animators did an, an unbelievable job putting this together 
Um, you asked about the creators, um, uh, you know, Mike DiMartino and Brian Konetsko are the two uh, main guys. Uh, it, they're primarily known for their work on Avatar. Um, however, I believe both of them, you know, uh, being in the animation world, they work on other things. I, I think prior to Avatar, they did some work on like Family Guy, um, King of the Hill. I'm not entirely sure what the, each of their involvement levels were. Um, I think I think Brian directed a couple episodes, maybe more than a couple. Um, but you know, the, they're they're really primarily known for Avatar. But uh, Ruth, are, have you watched? Uh, have you, did you, you did you know that there's a, uh, a spinoff series, The Legend of Korra, which takes place like 100 years after The Last Airbender takes place? No, I did not see. You know what? Maybe that's the one I did see. But uh, because I was so fascinated with your series that I looked for others. And I have to say, I couldn't stick with it. Your, your, your version of the Avatar series was so superior to everything else <laughs> I tried to see. And I really did try to see it. And I commend Teddy for bringing you back. Because we so I so enjoyed the first time you were around, oh. and you and Teddy are a great team, and I really enjoyed it very much. His questions, your answers, very stimulating show. Thank you but so of much. Course, Thanks, I'm, Ruth. I'm Avatar. Yes. <laughs> Ruth, Ruth, I have a well, question for you. Um, how oh. how did you discover the series? Like, what what drew you to it? Uh, what did you like about it? You know, I have to tell you. Uh, that it was really Teddy who brought it to me to my attention because I had not seen any of it except you know the, the film Avatar which was completely different um, but he was talking to you and it was it sounded so exciting exciting may not be the right word but it sounded so interesting that I I looked for it and I found it and I stuck with it I hated when it was over. You know, when you have a good yeah, book, you 100%. don't want to put it down. Well, that's the way I felt about your series. And oh. it was really, I don't think that much, too much about many others, but I really, really enjoyed it. I'm so glad. That's, I, that's great. And I hope, it, I hope it's not a kid's thing. It's, it, I don't it, think it is because I think that much of the dialogue is really pointed to adults. Absolutely. I mean, people of all ages really have something to connect with in this show, and it's it's much deeper than your average animated cartoon series. And and I think you know that's that's why it's lasted so long. It has a lot of staying power. And uh, hey, I'm I'm glad that you uh, discovered the show. I'm glad you liked it. I'm glad uh, that Ted Jones put you onto it. Absolutely. Thank you for tuning in, Ruth. We really appreciate it. Ruth, is there anything else you'd like to tell Zach uh, before we? Uh we go about this interview and cut you off here. <laughs> Thank you. No, I don't think there's anything else. I think that he was extraordinarily patient and giving all the answers. And I have to say, Teddy, I love your show. Thank you, Thank you so much. much. Ruth, we wow. really appreciate it. Ruth from Lake Worth. Uh, Ruth, we will send you a follow-up email. Really, thank you so much for emailing in. Uh, Peter and me, thank you extraordinarily. And uh, we'll talk to you soon, okay? I'd like that. You have Bye. a terrific to day. Later. Oh, wow. That, that was that was amazing. <laughs> that was special. <laughs> that, that was, was amazing. Wonderful. Yeah, that was a moment. Guys, I can't 
full, like no cut. That was clean. <laughs> wow. That was really great. I thought we would have had some technical difficulties or something. That was amazing. Ruth from uh, Lake Worth, thank you so much. Uh, so I want to talk a little bit about Zuko, the, sure. ba- the bad boy the of bad the bunch. Boy. So Zuko starts off the show and really kind of moves forward as the bad boy of the plot. You know, like, Mm -hmm. uh, eventually he decides that he wants to join Aang's side and he realizes the Fire Nation is just causing a ruckus. So how do you feel that Aang took to Zuko and started to trust him? Do you think that that uh, should be beneficial to anyone who's listening or watching right now? How should they go about befriending a potential bully in the past or something like that? Yeah, that's a good question. I, and, and, and they, Aang and company, the gang, as, as they say, uh, were rightfully skeptical when Zuko approached them and said, you know, I'd, I'd like to join your group. I, I'd like to help you in your mission of defeating the Fire Lord because for the past, you know, two seasons, uh, they were running from him and pretty much him only. Uh, he was trying to either capture or kill them. Uh, so why should they trust him? They, and they, they've, they've, they had been ambushed prior. Uh, they had learned many lessons that, you know, they really don't, there aren't too many people that they can trust in the world. So obviously they had to be rightfully skeptical about this guy who was their mortal enemy. Um, but, but Zuko, I, I, I think, I, I think, I think, uh, that Zuko's probably my favorite character in the show. I, like, really? yeah, I mean, he wow. he definitely has like the uh, the biggest journey, uh, goes through the most change, um, and you you really see it in him more than any other character. Um, and um, so, I, it, it was very cool to see in the third season, you know, uh, that. It, it kind of flipped the script a little bit. Uh, you know, he was always the the bad guy, and all he wanted to do was capture the Avatar to restore his honor. Um, and all of a sudden, uh, he he finally listens to his uncle, Uncle Iroh, also probably one of the best characters in the right. show. Right, I, I uh, maybe agree with that. Yeah, absolutely. Like comic relief and wisdom. I do like Momo though. Oh, just yeah. just the classic noises. I would love to meet that guy who voices over Momo. D. Bradley Baker. Un- <laughs> Unreally talented man. He, <laughs> That's he, great. he did Appa and Momo and like uh, countless other creatures oh, in the okay, show. Right. He did even a few like voices. Um, yeah, no, he's he's kind of a legend in the uh, in, in the uh, voice acting world. Nice. I uh, remember meeting him as a kid and was like in awe because I also like love to make animal noises. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> do, so, do you think that Zuko uh, offering to teach the f- Offering offering to teach firebending was beneficial to an Aang or a Katara or something like that, or were they just kind of ready to turn a new leaf with him? Um, well, definitely. I mean, he he clearly had something to offer and, and bring to the table. Uh, you know, Aang was only a few weeks away at that point from having to fight the Fire Lord, and he did not know firebending. And, you know, his waterbending was pretty good. His earthbending still needed some work, but, you know... Uh, how was he going to learn firebending? He he had tried a, a, a master previously, I believe, in season two, um, and it didn't quite work out. And they were trying to develop this plan to take on the Fire Lord, and he was kind of out of options. So I think you know that's ultimately what led them to accept Zuko. I think that if he if if Ang already had a fire uh, a, a firebending master and and had the skills. They would have been less inclined to, you know, accept him and believe him that he did change. 
Um, but you know, uh, that, that necessity really drove the change in their relationship. So, uh, I guess this was kind of right around the time when Aang, I mean, when Zuko came back in the mix and he was like, look, Aang, I want to be part of your squad. Mm -hmm. Aang was like, okay, I think I was put here. I came back to this earth after being frozen for, was it a hundred years? Correct. Uh, it's my responsibility now and it's my job to restore balance on these earths, on the, uh, on these planets. Uh, wh- what like what really brought Aang to this point? You know, like h- how did he know? Like what was the what's the underlying point that you can really get out of Aang's character to see that he's such a young he's such a young body in an old soul? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, absolutely, and and, and you know that's partially explained through like his journeys in the spirit world, right, where he meets uh, his previous incarnations, all of the prior avatars, and and ultimately realizes that he he has all the power that he needs. Um, that's not to say that, you know, you can't learn anything from any of anybody else because he, he meets, he and the gang meet so many, uh, you know, powerful benders and, and, uh, talented warriors across the way that they learn from and, and team up with. Um, ultimately it's spoiler alert. It's a lion turtle who, who gives Ang the power to bend energy. Uh, at the end. Yeah, before right. you guys hear that spoiler alert, go back to part one and yeah, then come word. back to part two right there. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, yeah, I, I, like he, his journey, I, I think like Aang doesn't go through as radical of a change as someone like Zuko does, right? Zuko clearly goes from being bad and self-centered and angry to being good and accepting and loving, Whereas Aang kind of already had all of those desirable qualities, desirable qualities, all of those, you know, he was raised by monks. He was very peaceful yeah. and, and, and uh, you know, knew he was the avatar and, and struggled with that a little bit. But his journey was a lot more internal. He had to learn for, he had to learn about himself. He had to learn from himself. Um, and, and yeah, that's, it's, it's a little bit more of like a nuanced kind of character change, which is really interesting. Yeah. Um, but, um, but yeah. Yeah, and I think that um, it's funny, like, when he, towards the end of the show, when he really needs to learn how to firebend, like, that's really what's been grinding his gears, he can't figure out how to do it, and then Zuko's just like, it's inside of you. Like, uh, like everything else in the show, yeah. it's, just, it's been just the belief inside of yourself. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And so, okay, I kind of want to um, switch gears here and talking about everything kind of just being inside of you. You know what I mean? Uh, so after, so, uh, so after, after the show, um, you know, you had a tremendous amount of success and it looked like your acting and voiceover career could just keep going up, you know, on a vertical, uh, slant as they say. So besides wanting to, I guess, kind of have a normal regular life, what was kind of the disconnect? Like, why didn't you want to continue this path? Yeah. I mean, I mean, it really was driven from me kind of just wanting to, have a normal life uh i i i the desire to be like famous for se- per se like was never really a part of me right i i definitely like shied away from some of the attention that this brought and um i kind of just made the decision that i wanted to uh be a, a quote-unquote normal kid i was gonna focus on school and and sports and uh you know go to college and and you know, make my own way in the world and uh, just diversify my skill set a little bit, you know? Was there ever a time where season four may have happened, like a few years down the road or they, like, were about to write it? So <clears throat> this, the the last Airbender was always intended to be three seasons from, from the bat. Um, I, I, I'm not entirely sure 
if like they were picked up for one season by Nickelodeon and then renewed for the other two, or if it was like they were given a deal for three seasons, but it was never intended to go more than three. I, I, a question that I've gotten a lot over the years is like, why was it canceled? Like right. what? Like, it, it no was, way it was canceled. Yeah, no, it was not canceled. <laughs> it was a huge success. And I think like having it be, you know, a finite uh, set of episodes, probably like it was a smart decision for the writers. I think like a lot of times, even, even in some of the greatest shows, uh, the, the plot kind of goes off the rails by like season six or whatever. You know, also I want to compare it to like friends kind of had like that when they were ending, it started to not get as good. And Seinfeld kind of ended on a high note. Well, Seinfeld, like the, at least the finale was like dragged. Like people. Right, right, hated right, right, it. Right, yeah. right, right. Yeah. Um, Agreed. I can, I can, we can, we can turn this into a Seinfeld. <laughs> we <laughs> might have to. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, like I, I think that like it really like helped them focus in and zero in on the messages that they wanted to to send through the show and um you know of course there are a lot of like really fantastical elements about the plot like the lion turtle the aforementioned lion turtle um but they didn't they didn't have to like grasp at straws for trying to wrap up the plot it was a it was a self-contained story they knew exactly what they wanted to do uh and uh they made it happen and and um i think the show could have gone on for many more seasons right and, and that's part of uh, I think why they ultimately, uh, you know, went with the spinoff series, Legend of Korra, which by the way, I, I, st I am planning on watching. Um, I'm going to get, I'm going to get to it. Yeah. And it's on Netflix too. So yeah. And, and I'm sure it's a suggestion as soon as you finish the last episode. Oh yeah. 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 Um, so I guess in voicing over Aang, did you have a favorite episode that, uh, really sticks out to you voicing over Aang and then watching an episode back on, um, Netflix or Nickelodeon? Hmm. Interesting. I, I guess I, two separate episodes. In part one of our interview, we I, I had mentioned that um, I really like remembered and loved doing the King Boomy episode, um, and I still hold to that. Um, you know, also, I, it's funny in, in in the most recent appearance, quote unquote, that I did, um, which was like a cast reunion that was hosted, a virtual reunion. Um, I had said that I had remembered doing one of the episodes, um, uh, The Great Divide. And I realized since then that that was a completely manufactured memory. The reason that I remember it is because there's video footage and it's like the, one of the only YouTube videos that has me like, you know, my was face like in it. Screen? Yeah, exactly. Was of that episode. And it's so, so like I completely made up that memory. The, the reason why I remember it is because of the video. Um, I, I definitely, I love like the, the, um, the stuff that they did with Guru Patik, I think like the, that, uh, um, it, it's just very deep for, for a, a kid show. Yeah. For, uh, I, I think like exploring those themes of, uh, you know, whether it's like Zen or meditation, um, uh, your, your chakras. Um, I think that it, it, it was cool to see that like geared towards kids in like a digestible way. Ultimately it wasn't, you know, only for kids, but, um, I, I, I really like the direction that it took in those episodes. Right. Yeah. And it and like towards um the show also ending, you kinda see Aang and um his struggles in his head about how like what he needs to do in order to defeat the Fire Lord when it comes to that point. So yeah. he goes on this meditation journey and he kinda struggles between, okay, I know that violence is needed for peace, but he, he kind of like he doesn't see them connecting. You know, like even in today's right. world, like is violence needed for peace? You know, when you think about uh, COVID-19, what we're going through now, um, 
did was this created by some sort of violence? Uh, is there some peace that needs to happen because of the violence or, or whatever, um, whatever we can really compare it to nowadays? But uh, I think that everything being inside of us is really a message that you yourself, Aang, uh, portrays to everybody who watches the show. Yeah, totally. Uh, you know, ultimately the power to defeat the Fire Lord rested inside himself, and he just had to figure out the, the best way of doing it. He he, I, I, that's another thing that I admire in Aang is, is like his aversion to violence that he doesn't he doesn't want to kill the Fire Lord. Yeah. Um. You know, and um. I think that's it. It it's a cool lesson in a show that there's a lot of action and. There's a tons of action. Yeah, and, and, and violence, but not, not super gory or over the top violence. It's it's but there are, you know, tons of battle sequences, yeah, 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 yeah. of course. Um, but for the f- like, you know, the ultimate uh solution to the the problem didn't have to result in, you know, one human taking the life of another. Um so, you know, uh, a, a cool lesson. Um and yeah, a, a, again something that I admire in Aang that he wanted to do everything he could without having to take the most drastic step. Totally. Yeah. Uh, Peter, I want to kind of defer to you since you really haven't seen the show. I know you did mm-hmm. your homework a little bit before this episode. Do you have any questions uh, for Zach here? This this is the one thing that's really stood out. It's not show specific, but but you have have made it very clear you're not about the fame. You're not um, – even even like a very arrogant seeming person, you don't want to come Thank off you. as I did that. <laughs> hey, <laughs> don't let it get to your head. Arrogant right? seeming, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, when you say I don't want that to be the first thing um, people know me for, is that what? What? How do you want to be viewed? Whew. Um, is this therapy? Do I? Do I have to <laughs> yes, it you? is. That's how we conclude. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, how do I want to be viewed? You know, I I I think. It's not as much how I want to be viewed as how I don't want to be viewed. Uh, it's like a kind of a cop-out answer, but I can explain. Like, I, I, d- I, d- I didn't want people, like, trying to be my friend because, oh, like, he was the avatar. Like, he was in the show. Like, you know, I didn't want that to be the pretext for relationships. I didn't want to be seen as, you know, uh, arrogant, I guess, uh, you know. Um, or self-centered and like that I was always talking about it and bringing it up because I think that that's just not that's people don't want to hang out with a guy that's always talking about himself you know what I mean yeah um, so um, it's more of um, I, I don't know it, it's it's a good mm-hmm. question but um, yeah. I'm not fully prepared to give an answer that's, <laughs> no, that's totally <laughs> fair um, in in like post post-grad life you know you're a few years out of college now you're mm-hmm. like you said a normal person living a normal life Absolutely. is anything kind of like has anything kind of driven you back to obviously you're not going to reclaim your your adolescence but <laughs> driven you back into that profession or desire to like focus more on that because of the path you've taken in life or are you pretty solid with your choice i mean like i i certainly like like the fact that the door is kind of somewhat ajar and that if I wanted to get back into voice acting, like I probably could. And and I think that like ultimately, like it's certainly a possibility that I could, you know, go back to working in that kind of environment. Um, you know, I still I'm in like the same sort of world today. Uh, you know, I, I make videos for a living. Um, it's obviously very different, but, you know, same kind of it's, it's the biz, you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, so. Uh, I, you know, I think it's cool that the opportunity is still there, um, but it's, I'm not, I'm not really jumping at it this, this moment in time. It's understandable. Never know. 
Life yeah. life takes you on in crazy places. So Zach, <laughs> you talk um, about the biz just quickly, and uh, we'll get into this as we we are sort of wrapping up here. There's so many people who look up to you yourself, Zach Tyler, Eisen, and Ang, your beautiful character, and the number of voiceovers you've done. Actually, Wikipedia, this guy, Zach Tyler Eisen, he's done a number of number of voiceovers. What was your favorite? Quickly, besides Avatar. Okay, so not counting Avatar, yes, what was yes, my yes. favorite thing yes. that I ever and, worked? And then I have a follow up question to that. If you want to take a second to think about that, not a three paragraph. You want a second? That that that. I'll yeah, give, give you a me second. A second. Give me okay, a second. so um, <laughs> how how does one get into voice acting? How does one get into acting? Like, let's say myself, I want to get into it. You just made an impression on my head. Now I want my parents to start taking me to auditions. I want to go for voiceovers. I want to be Ang too, part two of Ang. You know what I mean? So how do how does how does um someone as young as like you when you started get involved in uh, the whole game? Yeah, that's uh, it's another great question. Um, I I don't have like specific advice for four year olds who are listening <laughs> to Ted Jones <laughs> and want to get into the acting world. Most of them, yeah, right. Uh, but um, you know, I think that for anybody that like wants to 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 do this, well, you know, do something along these lines, like get out there and put yourself out there, you know. It's, it's never been easier to, you know, you can film yourself these days. You can, you can record yourself doing lines and voices and characters. And, and there are so many platforms for you to do it yourself. And I'm not saying that go, just go do it yourself. But I think that like doing is the best way to achieve something, right? Nice. Yeah. Like, instead of like sitting around thinking about it. And this is something that I'm guilty of within in the various things that I like to do. Like, can spend as much time thinking about it and going over it in your head, but like you're really only going to learn from doing. So yeah. get, practice, you know, meet people that have similar interests and like, you know, I don't know if you have a friend that likes to do camera work, like maybe start shooting little videos, you know, t- TikTok, it's so easy to do, yeah. right? Um, and and you never know what where it's going to take you and you kind of just ultimately have to like try things and find your voice. And if you like to write, write. Don't say you like to write, just d- do it. Right. Yeah. Do it like Shia LaBeouf yeah, style. Absolutely. Like, yeah. I, I, it's true. It, it, it's 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 kind of a cliche answer, but like I, I believe it. Right. Preach. Nice. Preach. So, um, if you had any time to think about that between the question that I just yeah, asked I you, didn't. Uh, what, <laughs> what would be your favorite? Um, I guess cast cast um situation that you've had or been cast in. Excuse me. Yeah. I. I mean. Uh, I, I can't not say doing the Ant Bully, which was which was the feature film that I did. We spoke about it a yeah. little bit last time. Yes. Um, uh, you know, I was the main character in a feature film that starred like incredible actors, <laughs> like like Meryl Streep was in the movie. Like Tom Hanks produced it, Julia Roberts, Nicolas Cage. I I, I feel like a, a broken record a little bit, <laughs> but like like it's it's true. Like oh my god, I was I was in the this movie with like all of these living legends and was the main character. I had more lines than any of them. Like that is a really crazy experience for anybody to have had. Does that give you any motivation to continue doing what you were doing at the A list status level? Um, um, Be transparent. Like, it, it, I mean, Peter, I f- we were freaking A listers, man. <laughs> I don't know. I think it would get to our heads. It doesn't sound like it's getting to Zach's head at all. It seems alluring to most people. Yeah, sure. And and, and I, th- I think, like, if when I talk about it, I'm like, oh, it was no big deal. Like, that does, like, anger some people. <laughs> um, but, like, I don't know. I, I really feel like I'm a much different person now than I was then, obviously. it's 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 been quite a n- the number of years, and, and I've I've gone through my own changes and stuff. And, and I think that, like, 
what I wouldn't want is to, if I ever wanted to get back into acting, yeah. to, to rely solely on my prior experiences, right? Like I can, it, it's so easy for me to put on a resume or, you know, whatever, like that I was in this movie that Tom Hanks produced, well, right. you know, uh, but I would want it, I would want to earn it on my own merit. And that's, that's like, I, that's something about me that I, I, I always want things to be earned. I don't like them it's to be fu- given. It's funny that you said that, but it, at the same time that like, you've also earned your own merit, you know, that's you've fair. done, a, you've done a number of shows and, um, you spent a ton of, t- a ton of time in your life just voicing over acting, you know? Yeah. No, I mean, and, and, and that's valid too. Um, cause it's not like it was a different person. It was me. Yes. Uh, <laughs> but I, I, I think that's just like part of me. Like I, I, I've always got something to prove, you know, you got to stay hungry. Nice man. Okay. So speaking of part of you, uh, let's, let's almost wrap it up here and talking about you yourself, Zach Tyler Eisen. Um, let's go. When is it going to be the next time that we see you on a camera? When's the next time we hear from you? Uh, we don't want you to disappear for a hundred years. Like Aang, of course, okay. uh, Peter and me have had a great time today peter correct it's true true best, best day of my life yes <laughs> um so so what's what's on tap for the next five years you know between i guess now i don't know exactly how old you are but you're pretty close to 30 ish within five Whoa. years maybe right <laughs> within five it's years a ball, it's okay. a ball all right you know, you're all right get 30 then 20 fair might enough. be fair might enough. be there okay Woo. perfect i uh, not like this wh- round what do you what do you see what do you see for yourself it's a great question um that is something that I am trying to figure out, right? We are all going through it. Uh, like I, right now, I'm a, I'm a cinematographer, videographer, camera guy, and, and I, I love doing that. But I, I also like want to learn other skills and, and kind of see where my life takes me. Uh, when's the next time you're going to see me on camera? Yeah. Dude. You got me on twice. Like, yeah, don't I know. Talk. I mean, I'm not. I'm happy. I mean, we are happy here. Yeah, yeah. I'm just speaking for everyone out How there. How long is it no. going to take for you to upload this? That's yeah. it. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> when it's an upload, dude, it's also crazy. Like you guys are giving me such a hard time. Some of you uh, asking when part two was. Asking what they're like. Who the, who's this schmo over here? Ted Jones on the couch. Um, I'm so happy that we got Zach here back. For part two, um, Peter, so happy to have you in the mix and happy to have uh, producer Katie over here sitting to my 45-degree angle. She's going to be doing a lovely job putting this together. Um, Zach, is there anything in particular you'd like to discuss? I'd also just like to uh, say one thing before we go off the air here. You came in today to the studio. Um, You weren't so pumped. You have some issues (laughs) moving out of your apartment. But now your energy has fully changed, and I hope you have... The best rest of the week. Thank you so much. Yes, you mentioned I'm in the process of moving. So much fun, especially in New York City. Um, No, I I, I do want to say, I just want to thank you again for bringing me back out into the world. I think... um, I think a lot of the fans owe it to you. They, they've been asking. They've been wanting to know what's happened to me for a long time, uh, and rightfully so. You know, it's, it's, you know it, I, of course, I like my privacy, but I'm sure people are, are curious. So, but they have you to thank, seriously. Thank you. Uh, if, if it weren't for you getting me to do these interviews, I don't know if I ultimately would have been able to reconnect with my castmates. Cast and and um, I've had a really good time doing that, and... Um, it's been a it's been a fun few months that I like this has kind of been a new thing for me. Um so so thank you, Ted Jones. Yes, of course. Thank you, Zach Tyler Eisen. So we will all and thank hope you Peter Moran. Yes, and we thank will all hope we will all hope to see you very soon. Zach Tyler Eisen, part two interview. That was terrific. Ruth, thank you so much for calling Ruth. Here. We called in um from Lake Worth, Florida. That was really great. Episode eighty eight <laughs> here of the Ted Jones World Podcast with Peter Moran. Hit us up, Ted Jones World at gmail.com. I'm Peter Moran on Twitter. 
Twitter, IG, and whatever other social media platforms them. you Every have. MySpace probably. Parlor? <laughs> yeah, well. <laughs> <laughs> no, not farther. I'm not Peter. Zach, I'm sorry. Zach Tyler Eisen, thank you so much for coming to the couch, coming to the studio, and I hope you guys enjoyed part two. Peace. Take it easy. Ted Jones messed with the wrong melon farmers. Ted Jones, I also call him the eighth wonder of the real estate world. Ted Jones, who knows, you know, it could be. Ted Jones? The Ted Jones World Podcast.